0: Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness Premium Member. Go to www.dot.vickiedoefitness.dot.com forward slash join again. That's www.dot.vickiedoefitness.dot.com forward slash join and register for a six dollar monthly subscription. And remember. Keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about the measles epidemic. Are we at risk? We will find out what we should do to protect ourselves. Have you ever thought about participating in a clinical trial? You should. Clinical trials are part of clinical research and is at the heart of all medical advances. A recent research study shows that a positive attitude is good for health. Our co-host, Dr. D. Banks-Bright, an infectious disease specialist, will go in detail about the latest update of the measles outbreak. She will discuss if there's anything as adults, And as older adults, we need to do to make sure that we are safe from getting the measles as well. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now here's your host, Vicky Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright.
1: Hi, Vicky Doe, don't you know? What's up, what's
0: up? No, it's you. My sister, you. A, the weather is getting warmer. It is. Don't you get that vibe? I am. you know the last
1: couple of days I walked out because it was deceiving you know the sun was up but I walked out and I was like immediately ducked I'm like it's not supposed to be this cold yesterday it was 50 some cold that is cold for May I know I guess that's you know and that's also why they tell people up in this area don't plant any Mm -hmm. vegetables or anything like that because we always know there's going to be one last frost
0: right one last one. one
1: last frost so next week is the Beginning of June.
0: Yes. So we'll see. Ooh, and so, that you
1: know what that means? I hate to be negative, but June the 22nd means the days are going to start getting shorter. Oh,
0: yes, they are. Aren't they?
1: Wow. Yeah. It's here. I know. That fast. Just like that is over. <laughs> Just like that. We'll be waking up and it's dark at 730.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm not
1: trying to cast any shade on anything. So. No, that's
0: okay. Because yeah. we here. We here. We <laughs> here.
1: We are here. Have you gotten over your trip yet?
0: Yes, finally. Because it jet doesn't, doesn't it seem so?
1: doesn't it seem like you're in the like a vacuum. Oh, when I got back from Australia, that, that, that it was that like jet two, lag. Two, two weeks. Two, it's a two, while. Two good weeks and the trip to the doctor. Of course, it didn't help that I tried to eat and drink up Australia. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you do that you get to be bitten by jet yes. lag and everything else yes yeah.
0: yes yeah. but yeah Something it didn't like take me that long time. oh we had a wonderful time yeah. and then my brother t yeah, yeah my brother t saying oh my god i had so much fun with you guys <laughs> in south africa we gotta plan our next trip yeah. and make sure that dr d come <laughs> hang out with I'm us right there i'll
1: be with you yeah. that's it i'll be with you
0: Well, today we talk about the latest update of the measles epidemic. Now, we have been hearing over the past months how there has been a rise in children getting, they're getting the measles and spreading it. And according to the CDC, from January 1st to May 17th, 2019, 880 plus individuals, there were individual cases of measles, and they have been confirmed in 24 states. And when I looked Ohio.
1: Yeah, we just had our first case.
0: Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. So this is an increase of 41 cases from the previous week. This is the greatest number of cases reported in the U.S. since 1994 and since measles was declared eliminated in 2000. And so I co-host the one and only Dr. Virginia D Banks Bright, me 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 me. me. <laughs> an infectious disease specialist will go in more detail today about the latest update about this epidemic. She will talk to us as to why there is an increase and an outbreak. She will also give us suggestions on how we can protect ourselves and our children and our grandchildren from getting infected and spreading this disease. She will also tell us what or is there anything we can do as adults and older adults to make sure that we are safe from getting it as well. We can't wait. D.
1: Yeah. For
0: all of that good stuff that you're going to be sharing with us Looking today. Looking
1: forward to it.
0: Yes, because it's about time that we yeah. know what's up, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. You got to be you got to be vigilant these days because it doesn't look like it's going away. You, That's know, you it. thought maybe this was a few little yeah. sporadic yeah. cases, but it doesn't seem like it's going any place. It's getting worse. So, yeah. So we definitely can't wait to hear more about
0: that. Make sure, make sure all of you go and subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness, because when you subscribe to this show, you will automatically be notified when we post a new show and... Please take the time to give us a good rating and review. We would love to hear what you have to say. But also, because when you give us ratings and reviews, it helps us to go up on the charts and the rankings. So make sure you go and help us out. Don't forget to help us out because we definitely will appreciate that. Also, make sure you go to our resources page, www com forward slash resources to check out the amazing tools. We got tools, products, and services that can help you on your journey of living a healthy life. We also added a new link and product that is Reebok. We love that.
1: I saw you on Aha.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I ordered the latest and awesome CrossFit shoe. And then when I received it, I posted it on um, Facebook when I got it. And they are not only awesome, but they fit well. Because, you know, some shoes don't fit well when you have to put your athonics right. in it. Yeah. Right. But it fit well. They weren't feeling tight. They were just right. And so a perfect fit. I also see that you guys are buying too. That's a good thing. You're looking and buying. They have great sales going on now because it's not just only for women, but men, kids. They have a lot of really nice clothing for you to wear. Their workout stuff is pretty good, it's pretty decent. I know. So we want you guys to make sure you keep checking that out. Yeah,
1: I saw you with your new kicks
0: on. Yes. New Mm -hmm. kicks. I had them on today when I was in the gym doing my lifting and stuff. Yeah, because we close to bikini ready. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. Mm -hmm. It's getting there. Because it gets really hot and humid around in July. It does. So, yeah, Yeah. I got to have my arms ready and everything.
1: Yeah. 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 got to have it all together. (laughs)
0: Definitely. Definitely. We want you guys to check out Rebot, but then the other stuff that's on that page. We got a lot of affiliate links, but also resources that will help you to, you know, Mm -hmm. do your healthy living journey. When you buy any of those and you click the link and you buy any of those, you are supporting us here at Vicky Doe Fitness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you guys for your support. Well, d my weekend was busy you know it's may you got graduations to go so to So did you guys
1: you go to a <laughs> lot of graduation parties
0: yes we went to
1: a few graduation parties i'm happy and sad but mostly not uh, sad that's another gift i don't have to buy that's it.
0: <laughs> you know, those those presents get, after a while, they Costly. get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Costly. How many graduation parties did you guys go to? This weekend, we went to two, but mm-hmm. then I went to the women hand in hand. Oh,
1: wow. That's our friend Doris Perry.
0: Yes. I went to that that morning, and then we went to one- in the afternoon, and then one in the evening. Good grief! I know. So we just did a little something, something. Yeah. Then this, so yeah. yeah. And then we. Because you have
1: another one next year coming up in twenty twenty. Yeah,
0: and that's that's Andrea, yes. my youngest. We have things happening in Columbus, and you know, relatives, distant relatives there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a lot of stuff going on. But kudos to everyone that's graduating. Yeah. Right. Kudos. Yes, definitely, definitely. But yeah, back to the women hand in hand. Very good. This is their thirty third
1: annual. Isn't that something? How many years that's been? My goodness, that's almost been as long as I've been in Youngstown.
0: Isn't that something? Wow,
1: thirty three years, and she's been going strong with it. Yeah, Mrs. Perry. How much money have they raised? Did she give a a
0: a lot? Mm -hmm. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the hundreds and thousands. That's what Mm -hmm. I thought. Yes, and then what's so cool is that Y S U they get up and talk about how they're matching it. Oh every dollars that are given, they match it.
1: Wonderful.
0: Isn't that nice?
1: that hasn't always been that way no because
0: they partnered with ysu it's really going on
1: strong <clears throat> it's dr really perry was a good was a great champion of ysu a graduate mm-hmm. of ysu he gave back a lot mm-hmm. gave a lot he in fact in fact i think for a minute he was a team doctor for the football uh, um, team yes for i think so yeah a few years and yes. stuff so but good that's great that continues to service our
0: moms Mm -hmm. you know helping our moms go back to school and college if they they want to Uh they give out scholarships every year oh that's great and then the link our link monica Monica. hoskins yes she's good she was very good what did she talk about what was well she gave her story and you know her story is very powerful and unique so she empowered all of us you know and she talked about her business now you know, she has a big time insurance business yeah. that's doing very well. Mm-hmm. She has an office not only here in Youngstown, but also in Cleveland as well.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. So,
0: yeah. So they're Ugh. growing, but just telling her story and what was so touching, I didn't realize that her Daughter, uh, yeah. When remember when she came on the show, I remember she talked about yep. that when she was nineteen. Was it an automobile accident? Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that got her. To thinking about you know getting into the insurance business as well. So she was just saying how a lot of times when we think things are just down and out, new doors open. Mm -hmm. New doors open. She was very good, funny too. Oh, good.
1: (laughs) It was great. That's great. And it was well attended. Yeah, you said over two hundred people. Yeah, well attended. Yes, yes, yes. So, how was your week? My week was good. I didn't really do a lot. Just basically, Mary and Jonathan, my kids, my daughter, and her husband and granddaughter coming this week, so I just basically tried to get my house together, which was a mammoth task in and of itself, so no, I spent some time on Casa Banks, oh, there you go, there you Casa go, Casa Banks, that's it, yeah. that's it, it's nice though, when you can just chill, yeah, in your own exactly house, and and not rip and run, I didn't mm-hmm. work, I was on call this weekend, so mm-hmm. You know that was another another thing but it's all good. It is all it's good. It's all good. That's it. Yeah, I was it's... saying I hadn't seen your honey sweet in the hospital. Our paths hadn't crossed. We must both of us are deep in the trenches. Oh, he's
0: definitely in the trenches. Deep
1: in the trenches. People sick. Yeah. They seem like they get
0: sick yeah. right yeah. when around the change of season. Around. Exactly. Mhm. Yeah. So what is going on this week? Everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> everything, Vicki.
0: Everything. Yes. You know, the big buzz was about the billionaire Unbelievable. Robert F. Smith. He was called to do the commencement keynote because they were giving our honorary degrees to Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And he was given an honorary degree as well, but he was also the speaker. And so mm-hmm. he was up there talking. And the next thing you know, he was saying that this is his class, class class. 2019, and he's pledging to play off all of the graduates there, those that have graduated 2019, all of
1: their student loans. Unreal. Everybody's changing their <laughs> diploma these days. <laughs> 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 uh, let's see, North Carolina State, uh-uh, scratch Morehouse, Morehouse, yeah, class of 2019. So of course that caused a big buzz, didn't it? It did, didn't it? It was all over the news. They were interviewing some of the young men mm-hmm. and some of the parents that it happened to, because I mean everybody was stunned, because people just, you know how you. I can imagine how that was. You probably go like, you know, did my ears hear what I thought right. I heard? And you probably ask the next person and the next person, did I really hear what I thought I heard? This couldn't possibly be true. Mm. But it was. It was true. And I know two young, two friends of mine who were mm-hmm. on Facebook, mm-hmm. their sons were in that class. In that son. And so their loans were paid off. Isn't that can something? Can you imagine? Ugh, oh, my God. What a gift that was.
0: Such a gift. What a, a total gift that of was. at least $40 million. $40 million. Isn't that something? So then the buzz was, okay, so who is this guy? This is a, a billionaire and he's a African-American male. Okay, we didn't know who he was. Clueless. We Clueless. didn't know who he was. Clueless. There's a write-up about him and it's on Fox Business their website, it says Morehouse College commencement speaker Robert F. Smith made a lasting impression on the class of 2019 on Sunday when he pledged to pay off their student loans, a move which somewhat mirrored the influence his 1994 columbia business school graduation speaker had on him and his booming career now here's the key that i thought was interesting Mm they said smith already announced a 1.5 million gift to the school already Mm. but he told nearly and this is it 400 more
1: house grads wow 400
0: Morehouse mm-hmm. grad, that mm-hmm. he's wiping
1: out their student debt. You do the math. Like they said, forty million. And you know, I heard somewhere I read that the average indebtedness was about thirty thousand. But you know, there's some kids who have hundred thousand, some mm-hmm. kids who have ten or whatever. But that's a heck of a lot of money when you think forty million. But he's a billionaire, so that means that's nothing. Nine hundred thousand right? nine hundred million dollars. Uh huh. Nine hundred ninety nine. Million dollars before you get to a billion, then add another million. So forty million was really not much for him. No. So I mean, I'm sure that hopefully the he'll get of some things. tax, some tax advantages and stuff with it too. But whatever his motives were, who cared? I you know. know he paid off those kids' loans, and I'm sure that like this one mother was saying. Now, she happens to be a friend of my girlfriend, the Reliford family. They were Mm -hmm. on television. And I guess they're four siblings, and they've had a long history of being at Morehouse and Spellman together. They call them the Spellhouse.
0: Right, right. Spellhouse family.
1: Yes. And she said that because of that, they'll be able to put more money onto the tuition and stuff of the other siblings. And that's how that works. That's
0: it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he just out of the blue, even the like we were saying, even the president, the, mm-hmm. the folks that were sitting behind him, it took them a minute to go, oh, what right. did he say? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Everybody was stunned. So they were telling a little <coughs> bit about his story because he's an investor. And he was saying that. When he graduated, they were saying that when he graduated from Columbia Business School in 1994, he mm-hmm. was planning to pursue a marketing career mm-hmm. until he sat down with a guy named John, I think it's... Udendahl. Udendahl. Mm-hmm.
1: Bank president and, of, um,
0: and he's the current Bank of America, America vice chairman. Mm-hmm. At that time, he was Smith's commencement speaker at the time. Mm. And Udendahl met with Smith after the graduation ceremony and during a lunch meeting, managed to convince the then new graduate to go into a career in investment banking. That's how he became Smith's mentor. And he helped him land his first job at Goldman Sachs. The job, along with Udenthal's mentorship, helped Smith pave his way to start his own successful company, and that's the Vista Equity Partners, and he did that in 2000. And so it's a private equity firm that invests in software, data, and technology-driven companies and has bought more than 200 software companies since 2010. His net worth is estimated at $5 billion. He received an honorary doctorate from the college during the graduation ceremony, and that's how that all started. And he's 56 years
1: old. That's young. Yes. That's young Mm -hmm. to have amassed all that money. Kudos to the Robert F. F. Smith. Right. There we go. I bet he has a lot of best friends, new best (laughs) friends. (laughs)
0: No, since we didn't know too much about him that much, he probably
1: stays away from folks because exactly. he know how folks are. Right, bringing him pies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got
0: him on their bankroll. Uh, exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, let's probably, call uh, Banksmith. He,
1: he should stay underground. I mean, that's a good thing that mm-hmm. he stayed underground so he could do that. Mm-hmm. Good for him. That 56. was the bus. Oh that was the goodness. bus. Yes, yes. So, 1994 was approximately almost 30 years ago. So, he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. He was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody having an impact on that young man like that. Yeah. You know, listening to somebody and having an impact. This Udendahl must feel very proud to have been a mentor for him. Big time. Big time. Anybody would be proud.
0: And we're so proud of him because he's giving back to his community. And that's Mm -hmm. a way of giving back to your community big time, right? It is. Big time. Because he's going to help a lot of black men.
1: Yes. I'm happy to see him give it to black men because, Mm -hmm. as I said, you know, in this day and age, black men are, first of all, a college education is not as great as it is numbers wise than for females. And then the second thing is that, you know, every day we pick up the paper and it's always something derogatory about black men. Right. And so this is a positive image. Big time. To help these young men and maybe help them. Maybe somebody is sitting in that, you know, graduating class and they can pay it forward. Yeah, you know, do something. And then they'll come back and And then then they'll come back and give to some their school Morehouse or some other school. So I just thought it was great. Yeah. And I'm glad, like you said, I emphasize the men. I'm glad he did it to Mm -hmm. the young African-American men graduating from Morehouse. Yes.
0: Special What's also special. That's 400. That's 400 Mm -hmm. African-American men. How
1: many families does that impact? Yes.
0: Yes, and, and to forever. have to have the student loan gone Ugh. because you know that's what kills us it financially and economically. People,
1: you know, the, um, it does. the you student can't, loan. You know, can't own a house. You, you know, you have trouble. You know, it, your whole life revolves around. Mm-hmm. I got to make my student loan payment. Got to make my student loan payment. I mean, and it consumes mm-hmm. the minds of these kids. They're owned by the government. They're mm-hmm. owned by Sally Mae. They're owned by all these people, and they can never feel the they can live the American dream of a car in the garage and a house. Right. Cause they're cause owned they're, by somebody else. And they're paying off. Some
0: folks say they think that, well, there's a lot of stats out there that says that the average college student, they'll die in debt.
1: No question. From the student loan. No question.
0: I was online and Facebook, and mm-hmm. I kept seeing this popped up from the YouTube, mm-hmm. and it says, why should I participate in a clinical trial the guy that was on here this is dr griffin rogers Mm -hmm. i guess he's the director of the national institute of diabetes and digestive and kidney disease Mm -hmm. put out a promo i thought it was important because i remember your daughter dr mary branch she came on the show and she was talking about genetics Mm -hmm. but then she was also talking about the importance of our folk especially african-americans you know, participating in clinical trials. And like we were saying, you know, it's not too many of us that participate in clinical trials, we're not recruited either. Right. You know, and so I listened, it was basically saying that clinical trials, and if you go on NIH, it's a big time write up talking about the importance of clinical trials. And it says clinical trials are part of clinical research. Mm And at the heart of all medical advances, clinical trials look at new ways to prevent, detect, or treat disease. Treatments might be new drugs or new combination of drugs or new surgical procedures or devices or new ways to use existing treatments. The goal of clinical trials is to determine if a new test or treatment works and is safe. Clinical trials can also look at other aspects of care, such as improving the quality of life for people with chronic illnesses. People participate in clinical trials for a variety of reasons. Healthy volunteers say they participate to help others and to contribute to moving science forward. Participants with an illness or disease also participate to help others, but also to possibly receive the newest treatment and to have the additional care and attention from the clinical trial staff. Clinical trials offer hope for many people and an opportunity to help
1: researchers find better treatments for others in the future. And clinical trials are so important and in terms of getting African Americans in because as Mary, Dr. Mary said, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at different drugs, we are not a monolith in this country. We have different ethnic groups and so forth. Mm-hmm. And one drug might be metabolized different in this population as opposed to this population. And that, and it, like, like the same thing with women and men. Mm-hmm. And and when you see all these FDA will approve a drug or whatever right. f- to come to to come to the market and you look at the research that's done very few african americans are involved and you don't know we we metabolize things different our bodies may react mm-hmm. and so you're getting skewed data based on one sect of the population, right? And those are primarily Caucasians, not Latinos, mm -hmm. not African Americans or Pacific Islanders, you know, anybody like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not, not to say that the information is not accurate, but it would be nice to have a more diverse population. Right. And
0: it does make a difference, you know, especially if you're testing and most of your stuff is on white men Mm -hmm. because yeah. You know, females, you know, they're different. Like you said, different ethnic groups are different. So that's why it's important for everyone to participate in the clinical trials. But it's also important for folks that are running those studies to do a, they should definitely concentrate on doing more to recruit African-Americans. And I
1: think also what they need to do more of is dispel certain myths about clinical trials because Mm -hmm. people immediately go back to the syphilis experiment right in Tuskegee where they had a number of, the the government was involved with it. They had developed penicillin. They went to Alabama, I believe that was the state. Yes, Tuskegee. Tuskegee and they had actually had an African-American nurse who participated in it and they had these men who had syphilis, were diagnosed With syphilis and penicillin, was like I said, just coming into its own. Prior to that, they used to have these horrible treatments of heavy metals and all this stuff. And what they did was, without telling the guys some of them got penicillin and the others didn't. They mm-hmm. wanted to see what would happen mm-hmm. with untreated syphilis, which yes. you knew was going to go on to heart disease and brain disease and all kinds of other, and this was not, and I remember when the news broke, this mm-hmm. broke in 1972, I was a medical student, mm-hmm. and um, this went on in the 40s, and the news didn't break, a, a, a newspaper reporter, I don't know whether he was working for Jet or Ebony or whoever, unroofed this information because you had all these men now, this is 72, so. You talking in the 40s so Mm -hmm. 30 plus whatever years ago these men were dying of untreated syphilis Mm. when penicillin was already had been approved right so a lot of african americans immediately go to that and then they hear about experimentation which they don't do anymore on inmates in prisons that they used to do you know now they have all these rules and regs but black folk remember yes yes they remember and yes, they're skeptical yes. and the government has been responsible for some things. You know, there was a book that I was reading about things that the government, you know, mm-hmm. has done that we don't know about and so forth and so on. But mm-hmm. so you have to do more education. Right. It's just like that Ebola thing. Yes. You can't fly into the village and say, <laughs> uh, we're going to take your grandmother out and put her on a funeral pyre and burn, burn her because she has Ebola. Because she's got Ebola. Right not a good idea no that's the way they these people have found themselves killed Mm -hmm. so you have got to do the adequate education of the cultural group that you're trying to uh, attract and give them a comfort level that you're not doing anything that's going to harm them because like i said Mm -hmm. black folk have a memory
0: that's it and to eliminate a lot of that stuff is on your clinical team have somebody black
1: No question. (laughs) You got to have somebody sitting at the table that looks like the people that you're trying to attract.
0: Yes. Because I remember, I remember specifically, I was sitting at, and these were some of my colleagues. Mm -hmm. And we're physiologists. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about swimming. Mm -hmm. And they were looking at the stats and this and that. And then... They got to talking about African-American, that there's not a lot of folks that want to come and participate in their research they were doing because a lot of folks didn't swim Mm -hmm. at that age, you know, because this Mm -hmm. was an older generation they Mm -hmm. were looking at. Mm -hmm. So they were thinking of all these reasons as to why they were looking at women, Mm -hmm. why the folks didn't want to swim. Now I'm the only sister sitting in there. (laughs) So I let them finish because they, you know, they my colleagues. We're all physiologists. Uh And then I lost my patience. I was like, uh, hell no. What do you talk about? Their muscles are different and this and that. In that case, then none of us. Could do basketball exactly. and all that other stuff. It's exactly. not that. No. I said, it goes further than that. It's a it's a culture thing. It is. It's a culture thing. And it depends on the era. I said, Right. A lot of stuff was happening in the sixties. Correct. You know, I said, especially since I'm a southern girl mm-hmm. where first of all they didn't have those spots open to black folks no question to learn how to swim no second of all if they got in the pool some people will get out the pool no or question. put acid in no it question. remember how they would do yep. all that stuff no with segregation, or drain the pool drain the pool
1: yeah
0: all kinds of stuff yeah that's
1: probably
0: why that has led on but then just something that's just you know simple is the hair? We yeah. ain't trying to. Uh. 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 If I got my hair did last week, <laughs> the picture
1: of the black, the black pool party, <laughs> everybody sitting on the outside swimming pool. <laughs> we can laugh. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's there's truth in dress. I said, look, saying, if I got my hair did right. yesterday, last thing you're
0: gonna do is a jump I into ain't some coming chlorine in.
1: water. <laughs> (laughs) no ain't care I don't care how much
0: uh uh, swim cap (laughs) or whatever forget Uh -uh. it no forget it Not gonna
1: happen you just spent how much money on your hair to get your heart did Mm -mm. Uh -uh. that's not gonna happen Mm -mm. no and
0: so you know I, I said it to them and you could just tell that they were like oh and they wouldn't know Right. You know, because some of them were were younger. Right. But, you know, they just wouldn't know if you're not a part of that culture, you Mm -mm. didn't grow up Mm -mm. that you wouldn't probably know. And
1: in recent times, we've already demonstrated that African-Americans, you know, they used to always say, just like they said about African-Americans with running, that African-Americans didn't do long distance running like marathons and half marathons because we didn't have the the lung capacity or whatever. They used to say that about swimming that we. We'll be right back. The cat sat on the African-Americans didn't have the endurance and all that stuff for mm-hmm. swimming. But, you know, mm. as you watch the Summer Olympics, there are more African. And that young, there was a young African-American female. Yes, I remember. She won all kinds of awards. And then yes. Cullen, I can't think of Cullen's last name. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first mm-hmm. at one of the most recent Olympics when uh, during the time of Michael Phelps mm-hmm. that got a gold medal and or silver or whatever. So we can do it. But, you know, a lot of these kids belong to swim clubs. Right. And like you said, coming from the South, that was maybe one... Swimming pool that we had, and mm-hmm. we couldn't swim in any of the white swimming pools. Mm-hmm. There were tons of them. Yeah, so it was accessibility. Even in the small town that I lived in it was small at the time, Raleigh, mm-hmm. North Carolina. One mm-hmm. for us, and several for the white kids. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You know, they don't understand the history. The history of it. You gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know the history. It's not like our muscles or maybe even our lung capacity, because I haven't seen any major data on that. It's just been a myth that's just been passed along oh it's crazy it's just a myth that's just been passed along you know because
0: i was you know and they all were like oh yeah you're right Mm -hmm. i said because any of those myths about the lung and the heart or whatever then we couldn't be the big time runners and sprinters and 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 exactly basketball players football players you know running back we always the running back right right Right. so that's that's poo poo on that yeah. That's a culture thing. Well, See, that's why you have to have people at the table that look like us to yes. speak up. Yes. And don't be saying, because they know. Don't say
1: nothing stupid
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rethink that over. I know
1: you're sitting back at the table. Like, I'm always sitting mm. back. And I'm just, not that I'm perched, but people will just say stupid stuff. Right. And, and then and you a, have to put them in check. Right. And quickly. A, quickly.
0: But a lot of times, it's because they don't think about that. I no. Mean, because it's the white culture. So yeah. You don't really think about, you know, Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't know why someone wouldn't do something if they were American Indian or if they were... Asian, exactly. Or, you know what I mean, right? So, cuz right. th- that's a
1: whole different culture. Right. I mean, and there are all kinds of myths with all kinds of, I mean, like different cultures. The myth, like with the in, the uh, Native Americans is that you know they were used to build bridges because they don't have a fear of height. But all these things are just like myths. I haven't seen any <laughs> hard data on Native Americans running up the side of a building <laughs> and not being afraid of heights. I, so, I mean, I don't know. That's you know, crazy. But these are all myths and stuff that had just been carried. On and create stereotypes that are not. I guess you can have a bad and good stereotype, but bad stereotypes, right? That get that get, that have get pushed along. But
0: here's the most important thing:
1: those stereotypes
0: keep people from receiving. Right. The good
1: and positive health care. Oh, right.
0: Or opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. And that's
1: why it's yeah. an issue. Preformed, already preformed opinions and preformed ideas and notions and mm-hmm. conclusions. Right. Preformed conclusions. So that's why when I say at even the get table, to, we don't even get to, to square one.
0: Right. So that's when I sit at the table,
1: yeah. And a lot of
0: times I'm not invited to the table because I'm—I know I'm gonna sniff that sometimes out. I'm gonna
1: sniff it. Sometimes you got <laughs> a bogart. I'm gonna sniff that call, out. Yeah, you just it doesn't pass bogard. the sniff test. No. <laughs> gotta just bogart onto the table, <laughs> or as they say, pull another chair up. There you go. If there's not a seat for me at the table, then I'll pull one up. There you go. So so
0: mm-hmm. that you can understand. And then, hey. It's important that we, like we said, we all do that because at the end of the day, what what's the, the term? We are all unique, but we're all the same.
1: Exactly.
0: We're all unique, but we're all the same. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yep. So there it is. There it is. Well, our health tip, we'll move on. This is a great one because <laughs> it is written, it was written in the Idea Fitness Journal and it's a tip that talks about a positive attitude. Having a positive attitude is good for health. It is, I agree. Mm -hmm. What does it say? Well, it says motivating yourself and inspiring others to look on the bright side may be important contributors to maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Higher levels of positive emotions were linked with better health and longevity in patients with heart disease in a five-year study conducted by researchers at Pennsylvania State University in University Park. The lead study author, Nancy Sin, who's a, she was, she's done now probably, a PhD postdoctoral fellow in the Center for Healthy Aging and in the Department of Behavioral Health at Penn State. She said, positive emotions are associated with a range of long-term health habits that are important for reducing the risk of future heart problems and death. And so researchers interviewed and examined over a thousand participants with some form of heart disease. All subjects took a questionnaire that rated how strongly they felt, attentive, interested, excited, strong, enthusiastic, determined, proud, inspired, active, and alert. Other assessments and examinations included blood tests, medical history, treadmill testing, echocardiograms, physical activity levels, sleep quality, medication adherence, alcohol use, and smoking. Only 662 participants completed the five-year follow-up assessments with the same interviews and Examinations. Data analysis showed that a more affirmative outlook at baseline was associated with better health behaviors. Increase in positive effect over five years correlated with adopting healthier habits. The study authors noted that people with more upbeat emotions were more likely to feel energetic and motivated, which fueled healthy activities like exercise. And the more likely people were to be physically active, the more likely they were to sleep better, which led to more constructive emotions. So more research is needed to understand the role of positive psychological factors in health behavior, maintenance and change and this study is available in the psychosomatic medicine journal what do you say d a positive attitude
1: is awesome i absolutely i mean my mother's like that she's a double cancer survivor and her attitude has always been upbeat always she never talks about it she's you know a colon and breast cancer survivor and she just keeps it moving so i just think you can't just go down in the depths you know and you just got to keep it moving I know. And by the way, your mom is a hundred and what? A hundred and one and a half. Dang. A hundred and one and a half. Right. And still kicking it. And still kicking it. A hundred and one and a half. These halves count. Yes, they do. (laughs) They count. Oh my God. Yeah. A hundred and one and a half. So in June, she'll be headed towards 102, God willing. Wow. That's a lot. Of, she was born. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. We were talking to people. When she was born, when Woodrow Wilson was president, like right at the end of World War One. Dang. It's hard to get your head wrapped around that, right? Oh, my God. So her mother, her mother was born in 1879. Let that sink in. And her dad was born in 1877. Jeez. Let that sink in. That's just one generation bubble short of slavery. Yeah, yeah. So her grandmother and grandparents were, you know, in slavery or whatever. They, she doesn't talk about it a lot. They don't. They didn't talk about that a lot. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, her mother, she said her mother didn't talk much about slavery because she didn't want her children to have to know about the bad things about slavery. So they never discussed it, really never discussed. She had nine brothers and sisters. Okay. And uh, she was the baby of the family. Oh, wow. Her oldest brother was born in like eighteen, eighteen ninety 1890 something or other. That was her oldest brother, but her mother, they never talked about slavery. And so her mother, obviously born in 1879, I mean, her parents and whatnot knew about slavery, but was never mentioned in the house.
0: Isn't that something? Yeah.
1: So it's sort of like I hear this story about Jewish, um, my Jewish friends and, uh, and acquaintances, a lot of that stuff isn't talked about either. To let
0: the Holocaust and yeah, all that. I mean,
1: the, the specifics, you know, The mm-hmm. but, but my mother always said that her mother said that the stories of slavery were just too horrible for little children to hear. Mm. Isn't that interesting? That is that somebody, interesting. And I keep saying, you know, I just keep hitting myself. I got to do my mom's. We haven't yes. done it. oral history. Yes. We have not sat down yet. Do now it. Now that I'm thinking about this on this show, I have yes. got to get a tape recorder and yes. just let her talk let her talk and just let her talk so yeah that's the we were getting to that with the positive attitude and i think that positive attitude is a lot that's what got has gotten her to 101 and a half right i can't even get my head wrapped around that i can't either <laughs> 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 right, you know. Oh
0: my goodness! Yeah, it's hard to get your oh, head wrapped around that. That's something. Yeah,
1: Woodrow Wilson, World War One. Jeez. So she's seen World War the ends of, end of ending with her family. World War One and World War Two, of course, and then Vietnam, Korea, and then all this craziness we have ha- had recently. So a lot of water under the bridge. A lot of presidents. Big lot time. A pres- lot of presidents of the United States. Yep. Yeah. When her mother was born, I don't know who was, Chester MacArthur or somebody like that. I mean, like, they don't even know they had they had cameras, but they were just coming into their own and stuff. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? When I go look at the graveyard, grave, her grave site, my mm. grandmother, 1879, mm. only to be matched by my dad, who was born in 1905. His mom was born in 1869. So that, for me, that's just two generations, my dad and grandmother. Jeez. That's weird, right? Yes, but that's life, isn't it? It is. So you got to write it a book is. too. I, maybe someday somebody people say that I do have a story to tell. You got a story to tell. I do have a story to tell. Because first of all,
0: your mom is a true. I don't. But she's not living in
1: the blue zone. But she doing some blue zone something. She, she yeah. She everything was has been within moderation with her. She's never been obese. Mm-hmm. You know. She always kept us in check, or at least tried to. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes not so much. And she'll even tell us now when there's a pound or two, when there's a brick house and there's a brick someplace that's not on. You just look at her, you can't say anything now because she's completely unfiltered, but she'll say, like, oh, those pants aren't quite fitting right on. dang, Ma, okay. Thanks. <laughs> You, can you zip that up? Oh, uh, really? <laughs> Dad. No, she's always been that way. She's always fat shamed. But you know? look, let me tell you something. If you're a hundred and
0: almost a hundred and two, you could say whatever the whatever hell she you wants, wants.
1: Whatever she, we just look at it. We just go, okay. Whatever right. the hell you you right. won that right, right? And you just go on in the other room and say, "Well, I won't eat that piece of bread." <laughs> <laughs> Because as soon as I walk in the door, you know she's getting ready to pounce on something. Oh, looks like you put on a little weight. Oh, did you lose some weight? Ma, is that all you ever focus on is weight? Really? I know you were a beautiful yes. whatever in college, you were she's gorgeous beautiful. and so forth, but not everybody's like you, Ma. <laughs>
0: So is there any latest this week? Or? Nothing
1: new on Ebola. I guess that's good. Measles has kind of, you know, taken over mm-hmm. in terms of lead articles with diseases. So I'm assuming that right now things are at a steady, mild calm. I mean, I know they're still having issues with trying to get to the community. But the good news is the good thing, that, which is why this is not hopefully going to become like it was when we talked about this. What is this? We'll be year? on here, the website and our launching of the podcast
0: show five years. Wow. That June is the incredible. Is when we That's and amazing. yeah, and then it's a, it's passed for cuz we started actually taping in March oh. so that we can have all the shows to launch on the website in
1: June. That's amazing. So it'll be five years. So I was getting ready to make the point that it's not gonna be like the Ebola when we started Certain, talking about mm-hmm. it on our show because we have a vaccine now. Mm-hmm. And if you can just get the vaccine out to people, it'll be a lot less of an epidemic, yes. we hope, than it was back in the day when it just took everybody by surprise. Liberia, Guinea, and Sierra Leone.
0: I know, mm-hmm. West Africa, West right. Africa, Wow. Yeah. Well today we talk about the latest update of the measles epidemic and we've been hearing over the past months how it's been a rise in our children getting the mumps yeah the mumps and the measles Mm -hmm. and spreading it and according to CDC from January the 1st to May 17 there have been quite a few individual cases of measles and have been confirmed in 24 states and like I was saying Ohio, we're one of those states. And so Dr. D. Banks-Bite, she's our co-host and infectious disease specialist. She will talk more about this epidemic and give us suggestions on how we can protect ourselves and families from being infected and spreading this disease. She will also tell us what we can do, if there's anything we can do as an adult or as older adults. Can we do something to make sure that we're safe? from getting it. As well. And so, yes, we're gonna let Dr. D Banks do her thing. Well, thank you, Vicky. <laughs>
1: thank you. And hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna start out with this article that's the probably the most recent updated information from May the twentieth, which is just a couple days ago from the New York Times. The measles outbreak now at eight hundred and eighty cases with the fastest growth still in New York. So there have now been eight hundred and eighty measles cases reported in this year's outbreak, the largest since nineteen. 19- 1994, as you said. An additional 41 cases were reported last week. Of those, 30 were in New York State, which is having the country's most intense outbreak, largely in Orthodox Jewish communities. Most of those new cases were in New York City, and nine were in suburban Rockland County. Cases have now been recorded in 24 states. It's too early to tell whether the outbreak is slowing down, said a CDC spokesman. In New York, transmission of the virus briefly appeared to slow in January, but then sped up in February. An outbreak of geographically related cases is not considered to have ended until 42 days. Two back-to-back 21-day incubation periods have passed without a new case. So measles transmission tends to fade when warmer summer weather arrives, some experts said, but it's not clear whether that is because children— are no longer in close quarters in school Mm. because families spend less time indoors or because virus-laden droplets like those containing the influenza virus stay longer in cold, dry air than in warm, humid air. In the Pacific Northwest, which has been experiencing an outbreak unrelated to New York's, immunization rates have jumped upward, even on the Vashon Island, Washington, which has long been known for its large number of parents who refuse to vaccinate their kids. Mm. Vashon which is a haven for artists and organic farmers. Sounds like the old hippie colonies. I know. Only 22 minutes by ferry from Seattle has seen more parents accepting getting, get your damn kids vaccinated. I know. <laughs> okay. Many are worried about the outbreak and some have taken advantage of efforts to make shots more available. Some residents are tired of the island's reputation as the epicenter of vaccine rejection. The population is changing as wealthier commuters have moved in. So vaccination rates among kindergartners in this um, group rose to 74% in 2018 from 56% in 2012. So that's a pretty significant mm-hmm, trump. Mm-hmm. That is still well below the 95% rate needed to assure that measles doesn't spread. So on May 10th, Washington state got rid of the parental right to claim a philosophical exemption mm. right to the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine for school children. The law takes in effect, takes effect in July So I agree with that because I mean, you know, with these epidemics, sometimes you have to take things out of people's hands especially when it comes to public safety. Okay. And so now you can't come up and say, well, because I think that maybe the vaccine, for philosophical reason, my child has it. No, Mm -mm. no, no. Very few, if any, excuses for this. So let's talk a little bit about the pre-vaccine. I always like to talk about the history of medicine. Mm -hmm. So in the ninth century, a Persian doctor published one of the first written accounts of measles. Francis Holmes, a Scottish physician, demonstrated in 1757 that measles is caused by an infectious agent in the blood of patients. In 1912, measles became a nationally notifiable disease in the United States, requiring U.S. health care providers and labs to report all diagnosed cases. In the first decade of reporting, an average 6,000 measles-related deaths were reported each year. Mm -hmm. So in the decade before 1963, when a vaccine was available, so that was 1963, Mm -hmm. nearly all children got measles by the time they were 15. I had it. It is estimated 3 to 4 million people in the United States were infected each year and also each year among reported cases, an estimated 4 to 500 people died, and I'll talk about the complications of that in a little bit. Okay. So in 1954, and these are my mentors, infectious disease mentors every year at the Infectious Disease Society, this physician, Dr. John Enders, is a John Enders lecturer, Mm -hmm. but in 1954, John Enders and Dr. Thomas Peebles collected blood samples from several ill kids who had measles in Boston. They wanted to isolate the measles virus in the student's blood and create a measles vaccine. So that's the way you have to, first of all, grow the virus or grow the bacteria or the virus specifically. Mm -hmm. Then you can make a vaccine against it. Mm -hmm. So in 1963, John Enders and colleagues transformed their Edmundston B strain of measles into a vaccine and licensed it in the United States. And in 1968, an improved and even weaker measles vaccine developed by Maurice Hillman and colleagues began to be distributed. This vaccine called the Edmonston Enders strain has been the only measles vaccine used in the United States since 1963. And measles now is combined with, as we know, mumps, measles, and rubella. In 1978, the CDC set a goal to eliminate measles because we'd already eliminated smallpox. Okay. You know, so we were just trying to, and and trying to get, you know, we'd almost all eliminated polio. So in 1978, CDC set a goal to eliminate measles by 1982, although this goal was not met, but it increased widespread use of the vaccine which caused a decrease in the number of people that got it. So by 1981, the number of reported cases was 80% less compared than the previous year. Mm. So a lot of great strides. This is what I'm saying. These people are taking us backwards. Mm. In 1989, the measles outbreak among vaccinated school children prompted the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which our good friend Dr. Lolly is a big yes, member of, yes. and the Academy, American Academy of Family Practice, pushed them to recommend a second dose of the MMR vaccine. Vaccine for all children following widespread implementation of this recommendation and improvements in the first dose of MMR vaccine coverage. What is measles? Measles is caused by a virus. The symptoms are typically cough, fever, just list as we used to talk about kids being listless, just not feeling well mm-hmm. and then breaking out into a rash. And the thing that I often talk about when you have the young doctors and stuff today is that many of these young physicians in the emergency rooms have not seen these diseases. So they don't know measles <laughs> from chicken pox from schmeasles for whatever. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about people and groups at risk for measles complications. So measles mm-hmm. can be serious. Okay. Children younger than five years of age and and adults older than 20 years of age are more likely to suffer from complications, again, which I'll mention in a few minutes. So measles can be serious in all groups, but there are certain groups that are more likely to, to, to have complications, again, which is why it's important that we try to eradicate this. Children younger than five, adults older than 20 years of age, pregnant women, people with compromised immune systems such as leukemia or HIV. And this is another thing. We have so many people today who are immunocompromised from HIV disease, but we're also making great strides in the new cancer therapy that we have for people that's making them immunocompromised. It's treating their cancer, it's putting them in remission, but the drugs that they use make them more susceptible to infections. So what are some of the common complications? Ear infections occur in about one out of every 10 children with measles and can result in permanent hearing loss. This is what we used to see back in the old Mm. days. People forget diarrhea is reported in less than one out of 10 people with measles. So what are some of the more severe complications in children and adults? Some people may suffer with severe complications such as pneumonia, encephalitis, and they need to be hospitalized and they could die. So, about one in four people who get measles will be hospitalized. As many as one out of every 20 children with measles gets mm. pneumonia, mm. the most common cause of death from measles in young children. Oh, wow. About one child out of every 1,000 who get measles will develop encephalitis, which is a swelling of the brain that can lead to convulsions and can leave the child deaf or with intellectual disability. Nearly one of two of every 1,000 children who become infected with measles will die from respiratory and neurological complications, and measles may cause pregnant women who have not had the MMR vaccine to give birth prematurely or have a low birth weight baby. So now what are some of the longer-term complications? Mm -hmm. There's a disorder called subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. It's a very rare but fatal disease of the central nervous system that results from a measles virus infection acquired early in life. SSPE, as it's called, generally develops 7 to 10 years after a person has measles, even though the person seems to have been fully hmm. recovered. Since measles was eliminated in 2000, SSPE is rarely reported now in the United States, but it's stay tuned start. 20 yes. years from now. yes. Among people who contracted measles during the resurgence in the United States in 1989 to 1991, 4 to 11 out of every 100,000 were estimated to be at risk for developing SSPE. And so the risk of developing SSPE may be higher for persons who get measles before they're two years of age. So the best way to protect yourself from measles is to get what's called the MMR, and it protects the child from measles, from mumps, and rubella frequently asked questions that I'm going to address. Is the MMR shot safe? And this has probably been the bone of contention with all these anti-vaxxers that these vaccines are associated with. Autism has been the main thing. Mm-hmm. And there's been no demonstrable evidence. The person who put out this article, this original paper, whatever, was completely flawed and wrong and, you know, but it caused a lot of people, Jim Carrey's wife was one of them, and all these people to start this anti-vaxxer movement. But the, the, sh- the vaccination is safe and it's effective what are the side effects most children don't have any side effects the side effects that may occur may be fever a little bit of a soreness at the site where the, the injection was giving and maybe a little bit of a rash is there a link again this is from cdc between the mmr shot and autism mm. no scientists in the united states and other countries have carefully studied the mmr shot none has found a link between autism and this vaccination we talked about complications how does it spread and this is another really bad thing measles is one of the most next to chickenpox one of the most infectious infectious diseases that's out there measles spreads when a person infected with the measles virus breathes that's right up there with living i know <laughs> breathes coughs or sneezes oh now you wow. got to breathe right so that means really infectious. Mm-hmm. It's very contagious. You can catch measles just by being in a room where a person with measles has been up to two hours after that person's wow. gone. Wow. And you can catch measles from an infected person even before they start to have the rash because they're incubating it. Okay. So almost everyone who has not had the MMR shot will get measles if they're exposed. So where do measles cases in the United States come from? Mm-hmm. Every year, unvaccinated U.S. residents get measles while they are abroad and bring the disease into the United States and spread it. Measles is common because they haven't done such a great job like our CDC in eradicating it. Measles is common in other parts of the world, including Europe, Asia, Pacific Islands, and Africa. Worldwide, about 20 million people get measles each year. When people with measles travel to the United States, they can spread the disease to unvaccinated people, including children who are too young to be vaccinated. Mm. So protection, how can you protect yourself? So the CDC considers you protected from measles if you have written documentation showing at least one of the following. You receive two doses of measles-containing vaccine, and you are a school-age child, K-12, to an adult who will be in a setting that poses a high risk for measles transmission, including students that are post-high school, colleges, healthcare personnel, and international travels. You receive one dose of measles-containing vaccine, and you're a preschool kid, an adult who will not be in a high-risk setting, and you have lab confirmation that you had measles. You can get these antibody tests or you were born before 1957. Mm. So most of us that were born before 1957, I still look cute. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Most of us that were born before 1957, we have a natural immunity because mm. almost all of us had it. So do you need ever need a booster vaccine? Well, at least to date... The CDC says no. CDC considers people who receive two doses of measles vaccine as children, according to the United States vaccination schedule, protected for life. And they do not ever need a booster. If you're not sure, again, as we tell you on this program all the time, talk to your doctor. OK, here's a frequently asked question. I'm okay. an adult now. Yes but only got one dose of measles vaccine as a child. Do I need a second? If you were born after 1957, you need at least one dose of measles vaccine unless a laboratory confirmed that you had past measles infection or immune to measles. Certain adults may need two. Adults who are going to be in a setting that poses a high risk for measles transmission should make sure they have had two doses separated by at least 28 days. And these adults include students at post high school education institutions, colleges and universities or any place where you have a lot of students, post high school students, healthcare personnel. Again, like I said, international travels Mm -hmm. and people who are public health authorities who are determined to be at increased risk. If you're not sure, talk to your doctor. What you do again if you're not unsure? You need to call your doctor because there are antibody levels that you can take, blood okay. tests that you can take yeah, to check still to see. My, so how, how would the measles look? You wouldn't. There, there's no sign or symptom. You would have to. Your mother would have. Father would have to tell you, or your pediatrician when you were younger would have to have those records. So you mm. would have no way of knowing. So the only way you would have of knowing yourself now would be to go to the doctor and have a measles antibody test done. Okay. To see if your antibodies are up to snuff. Which truthfully, I think, and they don't say this in the the Uh articles that I'm reading today, but as an infectious disease specialist, again, we know, like for myself, Mm -hmm. I was surprised to find out that my hepatitis B immunity has waned. Mm -hmm. So we're wondering whether or not immunity with as you get older, because, you know, when they said lifelong immunity back in those days, that was 60, 50, Mm -hmm. whatever. As Mm -hmm. adults get older. Mm-hmm. maybe their immunity wanes to where they do have to have a booster. But I would say that those that are working in healthcare um, or that are, could be exposed to a ex- person with measles coming in, if you, if you only had one dose, you need to talk to your doctor and probably need to have two. Mm, okay. Last couple of things that I want to mention. International travel. Yes. And you just got back. Yes. Did they ask you about measles when you went to South Africa? I'm curious. No,
0: but what they did was when you... When you fill out your 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 stuff mm-hmm. and, and it was this big notice from CDC, but they were saying for kids, if you mm-hmm. had your your kids mm-hmm. to make sure that they had their you know their vaccines mm-hmm. before you're bringing them to, with you.
1: Mm. Wow. So here's a CDC recommendation for international travel. So mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, most measles comes from people bringing it in. Mm-hmm. So the best way to protect yourself and your loved ones from measles is getting vaccinated, as we mm-hmm. continue to stress. You should plan to be fully vaccinated at least two weeks before you leave on yep. an international trip. Mm-hmm. If your trip is less than two weeks away and you're not protected against measles, you still should get a dose of the MMR vaccine. The MMR vaccine protects against all three diseases. Two doses of the vaccine provide 97% protection against measles. One dose, not too bad, 93%. Infants under 12 get an early dose at 6 to 11 months, follow the recommended schedule, and get another dose at 12 to 15 months, and then another one at 4 to 6. Children over 12 months, Get first dose immediately. Get second dose 28 days after the first dose. And teens and adults with no evidence of immunity, if you're going on a trip, these are all trip advices. Mm -hmm. Get first dose immediately and get second dose 28 days after the first one. Again, so when you're traveling, what to watch for? Okay. Oh, oh! I just wanted to mention some of the countries that they mentioned in the CDC site for watching for measles. If you're going there, Philippines, Japan, Israel, Brazil, and the Ukraine. Right. That's why I didn't take South those Africa's, shots. South Africa. South Africa's mm-mm, not on the list. Mm-mm. So after international travel, watch for measles. Measles, again, is highly contagious. An infected person can spread measles to others four days before the rash develops. Watch your health for three weeks after you get back. Symptoms typically include high fever, sometimes going up to 104, a cough, Mm. a runny nose, red watery eyes, and then a rash three to five days after symptoms begin. If you or your child get sick with a rash and fever, call your doctor. Be sure to tell your doctor that you traveled abroad and whether you received an MMR vaccine. So Mm. that's the 411. That's it. Wow. Yeah, a lot to digest. The bottom line is to contact your physician or pediatrician or whoever, family practice doctor, to go over again. And again, like I said, you you know, the risk. And there was another article that I didn't bring with me that um, Mm -hmm. in New York particularly— a lot of families are being held hostage because they don't want their kids around other kids that may have measles. Okay. There was an article in the paper about some, a woman that they think they did in who was in Brooklyn, I believe mm-hmm. who had two or three kids and she was afraid to let the kids out or go to school or whatever, because they know that the epicenter right now is in New York and particularly the younger kids who can't get the vaccination. So right. they're at the, the greatest risk. And you know, like I said, Mm -hmm. I remember Little House on the Prairie Mm -hmm. and one of the sisters, Michael Landon's uh, kids, one of the girls, she developed measles and became deaf. Yeah. On the show. Laura's older sister, I believe, became either deaf or blind. But it was measles. I continue to repeat to people, go Mm -hmm. to an old graveyard Mm -hmm. and see how many kids didn't make it to two years old because of all the communicable diseases that we didn't have vaccines and antibiotics and stuff. You know, a simple cold could turn into pneumonia and death. a simple ear infection could turn into meningitis and a brain abscess you know these viruses and again you know now you know thank god we have people like dr enders and the dean of my medical school when i was i was so proud of dean of my medical school dr fred robbins Mm -hmm. he was one of the founders who he did not develop the vaccine. That was Jonas Salt. But he was in that group that got the virus and was able to grow the virus on tissue culture Mm. so that now once they had the virus, they were now able to develop a vaccine. Mm. He won the Nobel Prize for that. Oh, wow. So I remember being around him all the time. I remember we were on a plane one time, and I said, I know God's not going to take this plane because there's a Nobel Prize winner on here. And he laughed. He was so nice and so unassuming. But yeah, he won the Nobel Prize for cultivating the virus on tissue culture. So these people are setting us back 50 plus or more years. And I just hope somebody shakes these people into reality. But I don't know. There was a picture, another picture in the New York Times the other day Mm -hmm. of a huge rally in New York of these people who were the anti-vaxxers and the place was packed, Mm. packed. So stay tuned, everybody. So now mm-hmm. I have to think. Mm, maybe I need to go and at, at the next trip to my physician, I'm going to have a measles antibody yes. test done myself. Because, like I said, as you get older, we don't know whether the 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 immunity that we had may have. I mean, I'm supposed to have natural immunity, but I don't know. You know, people are living longer. How about 101 and a half? What's my mom's immunity? I know. Wow. You know, she didn't get any vaccines or anything like no. that. But, you know, is, does she still have natural immunity? How does that all work? How many 101 and a half people have been studied?
0: That's a good study. Might be
1: a small sample size. That's a good study. That's a good though. study to see it what, at 101 and a half. What these and there are several, you know, people that are in their hundreds to just test and see what their antibody status is for some of these diseases like chicken pox, measles and mumps and stuff. Wouldn't that be a nice just in for interest study? I mean, I don't know if it would be flawed, but But yeah, but it'd still be it'd be something. it be it might be anecdotal, but, but it'd be at least see. something you it'd can just see. Right.
0: Yeah. My, my yeah. aunt Kate, who was my grandmother's that raised me her favorite sister. Uh huh. She lived to be 102. Wow. Yeah. In Georgia.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's something about those southern states. Yes. Huh?
1: Well, they, you know, they didn't eat a lot of food with pesticides on and all it. All that stuff, Yeah. They weren't exposed to a lot of the carcinogens and stuff mm-hmm. like we are. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's in our food. I know they had, you know, my mother and father both were raised on farms. Mm-hmm. And I remember staying with my grand. I don't remember. They didn't use pesticides Mm-mm. and stuff. Mm-mm. Right. They would having, have they would have natural stuff. Natural stuff that to that kill they, the bugs. Right. And stuff. Right. None of these, you know, Mm-mm. drone things spraying pesticides all over Mm-mm. everything. We don't know what we're eating. I know. And then injecting, you know, food and animals with antibiotics and all this other stuff. You don't know what you're getting. I know we appreciate you You're so definitely welcome. giving us the 411 so on these
0: measles. But this ends our show, D, So do you have anything that we should think about?
1: Well, two things. I really liked your article on positive attitude mm-hmm. improving health. I really like that. And number two, make sure that your kids are adequately immunized. I mean, yes. I just, we, we're, we're getting set back in this country. If this epidemic continues, setting us back Uh, For all the work that has been done for the development of vaccines and to eliminate this Mm. disease, to see it come back for me as an infectious disease specialist and one that, you know, touched the hand of those people that were were involved in the vaccine making, it's sad. I know it is. It's very sad for me to see that, all Mm. the strides that have been made.
0: We will definitely keep up on what's going on with that. We appreciate that, Dee.
1: You're so welcome.
0: And as always, for more information, go to our website, www.vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicky Doe is owner of Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.